Chapter 7 of Joshua by George Ebers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 Hosea returned to the camp with drooping head. The conflict in his soul was at an end. He now knew what duty required. He must obey his father's summons. And the god of his race. The old man's tale had given new life to the memories of his childhood, and he now knew that he was not the same god as the Seth of the Asiatics in Lower Egypt, nor the one and the sum of all of the adepts. The prayers he had uttered ere he fell asleep, the history of the creation of the world, which he could never hear sufficiently enough, because it showed so clearly the gradual development of everything on earth and in heaven, until man came to possess and enjoy all, the story of Abraham and Isaac, of Jacob, Esau, and his own ancestor, Joseph. How gladly he had listened to these tales as they fell from the lips of the gentlewoman who had given him life, and from those of his nurse, and his grandfather, Elishama. Yet he imagined that they had faded from his memory long ago. But in old Eliab's hovel, he could have repeated the stories word for word, and he now knew that there was indeed one invisible, omnipotent God, who had preferred his race above all others, and had promised to make them a mighty people. The truths concealed by the Egyptians under the greatest mystery were the common property of his race. Every beggar, every slave might raise his hands in supplication to the one invisible God, who had revealed himself unto Abraham shrewd egyptians who had divined his existence and shrouded his image with monstrous shapes born of their own thoughts and imaginations had drawn a thick veil over him hidden him from the masses among the hebrews alone did he really live and display his power in all its mighty heart-stirring grandeur he was not nature with whom the initiated in the temples confounded him no the god of his fathers was far above all created things and the whole visible universe, far above man, his last, most perfect work, whom he had formed in his own image, and every living creature was subject to his will. The mightiest of kings, he ruled the universe with stern justice, and though he withdrew himself from the sight and understanding of man, his image, he was nevertheless a living, thinking, moving being, though his span of existence was eternity, his mind omniscience his sphere of sovereignty, infinitude. And this God had made himself the leader of his people. There was no warrior who could venture to cope with his might. If the spirit of prophecy had not deceived Miriam, and the Lord had indeed commanded Hosea to wield his sword, how dare he resist? What higher position could earth offer? And his people? The rabble of whom he had thought so scornfully, what a transformation seemed to have been wrought in them, by the power of the Most High, since he had listened to old Eliab's tale. Now he longed to be their leader, and midway to the camp he paused on a sand hill, whence he could see the limitless expanse of the sea, shimmering under the sheen of the twinkling stars of heaven, and for the first time in many a long, long year, he raised his arms and eyes to God, whom he had found once more. He began with a little prayer his mother had taught him. Then he cried out to the Almighty as a powerful counselor, imploring him with fervent zeal to point out the way in which he should walk, without being disobedient to him or to his father, or breaking the oath he had sworn to Pharaoh, and becoming a dishonored man, in the eyes of those to whom he owed so great a debt of gratitude. 
thy chosen people praise thee as the god of truth who dost punish those who forswear their oaths he prayed how canst thou command me to be faithless and break the vow that i have made whatever i am whatever i may accomplish belongs to thee o mighty lord and i am ready to devote my blood my life to my people but rather than render me a dishonored and perjured man take me away from the earth and commit the work which thou hast chosen thy servant to perform to the hands of one who is bound by no solemn oath so he prayed and it seemed as if he clasped in his embrace a long-lost friend then he walked on in silence through the vanishing dusk and when the first gray light of morning dawned the flood of feeling ebbed and the clear-headed warrior regained his calmness of thought he had vowed to do nothing against the will of his father or his god but he was no less firmly resolved to be neither perjurer nor renegade his duty was clear and plain he must leave pharaoh's service first telling his superiors that as a dutiful son he must obey his father's commands and share his fate and that of his people yet he did not conceal from himself that his request might be refused that he might be detained by force nay perchance if he insisted on carrying out his purpose with unshaken will he might be menaced with death or if the worst should come even delivered over to the executioner but if this should be his doom if his purpose cost him his life he still would have done what was right and his comrades whose esteem he valued could still think of him as a brave brother-in-arms nor would his father and miriam be angry with him nay they would mourn the faithful son the upright man who chose death rather than dishonor calm and resolute he gave the password with haughty bearing to the sentinel and entered his tent ephraim was still lying on his couch smiling as if under the thrall of pleasant dreams hosea threw himself on a mat beside him to seek strength for the hard duties of the coming day soon his eyes closed too and after an hour's sound sleep he woke without being roused and called for his holiday attire his helmet and the gilt coat of mail he wore at great festivals or in the presence of egypt's king meantime ephraim too awoke looked with mingled curiosity and delight at his uncle who stood before him in all the splendor of his manhood and glittering panoply of war and exclaimed it must be a proud feeling to wear such garments and lead thousands to battle hosea shrugged his shoulders and replied obey thy god give no man from the loftiest to the lowliest a right to regard you save with respect and you can hold your head as high as the proudest warrior whoever wore purple robe and golden armor but you have done great deeds among the egyptians ephraim continued they hold you in high regard even captain hornecht and his daughter kasana do they asked the soldier smiling and then bid his nephew keep quiet for his brow though less fevered than the night before was still burning don't go into the open air until the leech has seen you hosea added and wait here till my return shall you be absent long asked the lad hosea paused for a moment lost in thought then with a kindly glance at him answered gravely whoever serves a master knows not how long he may be detained then changing his tone he continued less earnestly to-day this morning perchance i may finish my business speedily and return in a few hours if not if i do not come back to you this evening or early to-morrow morning then he laid his hand on the lad's shoulder as he spoke 
then go home at your utmost speed when you reach sukkoth if the people have gone before your coming you will find in the hollow sycamore before aminadab's house a letter which will tell you whither they have turned their steps when you overtake them give my greetings to my father to my grandfather elishama and to miriam tell them that hosea will be mindful of the commands of his god and of his father in future he will call himself joshua joshua do you hear tell this to miriam first finally tell them if i remain behind and am not suffered to follow them as i would like to that the most high has made a different disposal of his servant and has broken the sword which he had chosen ere he used it do you understand me boy ephraim nodded and answered you mean that death alone could stay you from obeying the summons of god and your father's command ay that was my meaning replied the chief if they ask why i did not slip away from pharaoh and escape his power say that hosea desired to enter on his new office as a true man unstained by perjury or if it is the will of god to die one now repeat the message ephraim obeyed his uncle's remarks must have sunk deep into his soul for he neither forgot nor altered a single word but scarcely had he performed the task of repetition when with impetuous earnestness he grasped hosea's hand and besought him to tell him whether he had any cause to fear for his life the warrior clasped him affectionately in his arms and answered that he hoped he had entrusted this message to him only to have it forgotten perhaps he added they will strive to keep me by force but by god's help i shall soon be with you again and we will ride to sukkoth together with these words he hurried out unheeding the questions his nephew called after him for he had heard the rattle of wheels outside two chariots drawn by mettled steeds rapidly approached the tent and stopped directly before the entrance End of chapter seven